Welcome to the Growth Beyond Trauma podcast. Thanks for being with us. I'm your host, Hannah, from Hannah McKim Coaching. And I'm a trauma-informed coach, passionate about supporting you to uncover your authentic self, empowering you to live life through the lens of joy and abundance following trauma. This is a content warning that the issues we will be discussing may be upsetting. So please look after yourself. If you don't feel fully resourced right now, then please feel free to come back and listen to us at another point when you do feel ready. And remember to lean into your self-care. You are important. My desire is that this podcast will be a guide for you on your healing journey as you discover tools that offer freedom from the hold of trauma. We are here to walk alongside you as you explore new ways to reconnect to yourself and others as you find tools to release the coping strategies that no longer serve you and feel inspired and empowered to reframe what is possible for you in your life. This is my first podcast episode, so welcome everybody. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, I really wanted this first episode to be about my story and about why I got to the point that I'm at where I'm recording this podcast for everyone um and I really wanted it to be a conversation because I think that sometimes whenever we have an experience of trauma it can feel very alone and it can feel that um you know it it isn't a conversation or at least it's a conversation perhaps with yourself and, and the experiences that you have because of that trauma um, so I really wanted it to be a conversation and the person that I uh, that came to me I suppose just when I was thinking about who could it be um, was Vivian McKinnon and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right yeah that's uh, <laughs> um, so yeah so I met Vivian uh, quite a few years ago now whenever I was sort of starting on my own business journey um, and she got up uh, as part of the business program that I was part of um and talked about her story and I was just really um struck by the power in her story um and the power um yeah behind uh the experiences that she'd gone through but also what she'd done with that and how she was using that to support other people so I'm saying she and I'm looking straight straight at her which probably (laughs) feels a bit weird (laughs) um but yeah so um Vivian, thank you so much for coming. No, thank here. you for and thank you for inviting me. I was I'm, I feel honoured. Thank you. Yeah. Um so I don't know if you wanna um tell us a little bit about you. Um just for people listening, I've asked Vivian if she'd also come on the second series um, and tell us a bit more about her story. Um but I think maybe parts of that might come out as we're talking anyway today. Yeah. Um but if you want to kind of introduce yourself a bit and then we'll kind of get into the conversation just about yeah. see where it goes yeah so I'll, I'll just give a brief overview of who I am because obviously this is your first podcast and I mm. want to you know really kind of get into the crux of your story mm. um my name is Vivian McKinnon I am the owner and founder of Hydroease which is Northern Ireland's first dedicated flotation centre I'm also a trauma growth therapist so I work specifically with people with adverse childhood experiences and with addictions and anything that kind of takes the self away from the self, any experience mm. that has kind of came up 
And I say specifically, but that is such a broad thing. So I do lots of different stuff in relation to, you know, personal personal um, therapy with people. I'm an international public speaker. I've written a couple of chapters for books. I've, you know, lots of different things. I'm a regional coordinator for Northern Ireland for Smart mm. Recovery. I sit on a board for a suicide charity here in Belfast. So lots and lots of different stuff. But it's all around using my passion for helping people to heal and getting people mm. to step into their truth. Because a lot of us, as you say, trauma perpetuates in silence. Mm. That nobody will believe me. Nobody will listen to me. People will think I'm lying. I'll get someone else in trouble. I'll get myself in trouble. I'll just sit here in this mire of mm. shame and guilt and embarrassment. Um, so I'm on a bit of a, um, a bit of a quest to get people to talk about mental health, to talk about finance and to talk about sex. Because mm. the three things that are quite taboo that we're taught not really to talk about. So when I, you know, seen the stuff that you were doing and I was first drawn to you by your art, you know, by your art therapy. And I was just like, because it's such a fantastic way for people to express themselves. Mm. And then, you know, started to hear the story behind who, who you were as a person. And, and I was really fascinated by that. So, from then, when we, you know, when when I first met you, and obviously that was on like a startup course and things, what what's what's been your journey since then? Where has that kind of taken you, and how did you find yourself on that course in the first place? Yeah, so I suppose yeah, good places. You know, how did I, yeah, get on that course? Mm -hmm. How did I kind of come across you? How did our paths cross? Um, and really, I um, was working in Wales uh, with a charity. Um, and it was a charity who was working with people who had experienced um, sexual trauma. Um, and I'd kind of, I'd moved straight into that uh, job from my training as an art psychotherapist. Um, and I was really excited about it. And it was, you know, like, it was like, you know, this is really what I wanted to do. And I felt, I felt very lucky to have got straight into a job because a lot of people when they graduated, I'd, I'd kind of struggled to to go into to posts really because mm. um, while art psychotherapy is is really beneficial and there's so much power in that externalization of somebody's experience, mm. um, it's still not really used. I think to the you know totally. to the best that it can be in a lot of um, services. Um, so so yeah, so I felt very you know privileged to got into this this job. Um, we were seeing uh, five clients a day um, in working so who, yeah. who were ex had experienced trauma, you know. Um, and I, while I had a very, very supportive team, like the women that I worked with were amazing. And, you know, I think that's really important when you're working with trauma is to have yeah. people around you um, who get it, who get the, the frustrations that come up even as, as a therapist, you know, because we're only human as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we we're there because we have that compassion to to want to help people and support people, but sometimes that can kind of overflow to us a little bit. Um, and that's what happened. Um, I was in a session one day with um with a client and I didn't know what they were saying, I didn't know what I was saying, and I felt like I was like underwater. Um and I went out of the session and like the women that I worked with there and they knew straight away they were like you need to go home um you know you need to look after yourself and that um and that kind of one day turned into like a week turned into being off work for a month um I wasn't able to 
like get out of bed really uh, you know on some of those days um and I and at the time I didn't didn't really know what was going on you know I'd mm. gone to the doctor and they they were not really even sure about giving me like antidepressants or anything because they just said you know you're experiencing burnout essentially um and and, and, and even like you mentioned the lovely word earlier of compassion mm. and burnout is a lack of compassion for the self mm. it's when we forget about ourselves in favor yeah. of just wanting to help and you know moving yeah. on and just do the best and do the best and and we push ourselves to that point mm. and it's just that part of you that just wants to go into deep rest which of mm. course the medical model calls depressed yeah oh 100 mm. um and and yeah I think then as you say that was kind of probably the start of me really understanding what self-care was mm. and understanding what that compassion for myself looked like and um, you know and at that point it was you know I wrote a list of three things I was going to do that day get out of bed have a shower and um, brush my teeth you know were almost yeah. like the things that were on the list to start with and mm. then eventually you know go outside have a walk meet up with someone like it was just building that up um, and so I knew that I could either go look for another job um, in the state that I was in um, or or move home, essentially, in order to, like I say, actually be in that deep rest and mm. give myself that, that time off. Um, and I knew that I just had to come home. Um, but for a long time, I didn't want to come back because this is where my trauma happened. So are you okay to talk about your trauma? Are you mm-hmm. okay to talk about it? So yeah, like, tell me a bit about that. Tell me. So, um, so when I was um, 16, I went out with a friend of mine. Um, kind of knew we shouldn't really be going out, you know. Um, Good old all, that, all that. Never listen to him, don't we? <laughs> it's like, shush, God, shush. Just let me carry on and make this mistake. Yeah, <laughs> completely. And... And kind of, again, looking back on it and reflecting on it, I think a big part of that was because I didn't really feel like I fit in at school. I didn't really feel like I was part of the cool gang or, you know, I was able really to to make really deep friendships that I saw kind of everybody else, you know, doing. And I'm doing quotation marks because mm. we really don't know what other people experience. But, you know, as a young teenager, you know, I felt like, everybody else got it and I didn't and um so so I thought oh this you know this will be the thing that will you know get give me something to talk about maybe or you know make me feel like I fit in a bit more um so so we went out um and I remember this um somebody watching us from the bar um and we were kind of sitting in like a corner base and I remember going up to the bar and then this person talking to me, but I don't remember anything else until we ended up being in in the house, in a house. Don't don't know where it was. Wow. Um so and at that time, that was that's what you remember, like just being at the bar and then being in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um I don't I don't even really remember what was said what a conversation was um I don't remember where my friend was at that point either because obviously we'd gone out together mm-hmm. um and I think what I was talking to you about before is like how 
almost whenever we experience trauma we like fill in these gaps as to what happened um without actually maybe having a conversation with another person about it so um so yeah so I didn't I didn't know what happened to her and I was making up all these you know things in my head at the time you know where did where did she go did she leave um did other people in the bar know what was happening whether or not I should have been leaving with this person and um, you know all those I mean there's like loads yeah. of questions mm-hmm, that come totally. up um and so yeah so I ended up in the house um and I just was like disorientated really um and then we ended up going up to the bedroom don't know who this man was um and he raped me like that that night and um and then I remember the next well I say it was the next morning I don't know what time it was that we got to the house so I don't know like yeah. timings are kind of all mixed up but I remember he left money on the side of the table and said you can get your cell phone now um and there was another thing he said that I remember as well is that now you've done this you'll always want to do it um and and I I don't really understand yeah, know, what, he meant, like what he meant by that but again there's these just little things that like stick in in my head you know mm-hmm. um and almost like it's interesting even like talking about it because obviously mm-hmm. I don't I talk about bits of it but yeah. I don't necessarily talk about all of it but when I think about that I remember feeling like it was almost like a curse mm. you know like these words and I think words that we speak are very very powerful and it's totally been part of my journey that you know the words that I speak to myself I have to be really careful about and and, and conscious of yeah so we said that and, and, and left the money and then I remember being in, in a taxi and this kind of the light turning through so in my mind it was morning it was maybe early morning um and just being not there yeah like I just wasn't I just mm-hmm. wasn't there I don't um yeah I don't remember like sort of it's that kind of it's almost like that scene you know where somebody died and they're kind of going towards the light yeah that kind yeah. of the sensation and what was um, going through your head at this point what were like because you know I know as women we can be really hard on ourselves you know mm-hmm. as, as I suppose just as humans we can be really hard on ourselves but I know you know personally you know through experiences and stuff like that there's always that I must have done something wrong mm-hmm. I must have like I must have invited that I must have like we always try and were you going through that type of thing yeah. or were you like and and I think also when we do one of the things um that we do during trauma is we almost like leave our body. It's like there's a part of us go, whoa, this is a bit scary. I'll just mm-hmm. sit outside here mm-hmm. and I'll just kind of watch this. Did you feel it was like that or were you fully there as, as it was happening? Um, I think during the experience, mm-hmm. I was definitely not there because mm-hmm. I remember um, sort of as part of my art psych therapy course, we had to go through therapy. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time I'd even gone to therapy um where I didn't really even think it was like an option before like you know it was just like oh that's just something that's happened and um but when I was going through that therapy I remember like saying to her like I don't even I feel like I've almost made this up like it's like 
it ha- it hasn't really happened. It's like happened to somebody else, mm. and I'm I'm just almost borrowing their story, you know. Um, and there was definitely a lot of a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. Um, and um, and one of the things you mentioned there that that you really want people to talk more about sex, and I think that in my school there was the consent education there really wasn't strong enough. Um, you know, it was very fear based so it was yeah. all like you know if you have sex you're going to get these <laughs> sexually transmitted diseases you're going to get pregnant you don't want that to happen um you know there wasn't anything really around uh, you know this autonomy over your body or mm-hmm. boundaries or like really understanding um well, just understanding any of of that really so it, i feel like i didn't have i didn't have a language for the experience yep. to, to almost like understand it when it happened um and then also you know coming from like a religious backdrop background there was a lot of shame around oh I've had sex before marriage now mm-hmm. now I'm tainted now I'm I'm sinful yeah you know now I'm right I'm going to hell now because like I've had you know and this it, experience and, and, and it's happened <clears throat> and it's my fault like you're saying you know and, and I mean, as you know, you know, traumas, you know, they actually vent. Trauma is what we mm-hmm. make it mean inside of us. Mm-hmm. So having all of these other values and beliefs and all of these attitudes and memories of what things should be like and mm-hmm. to have all of that trashed and taken away in that moment. And I think, you know, for any any young, middle-aged, old female of any creed, I think we would all have an experience where our autonomy has been taken away from us in a sexual kind of context Mm -hmm. but to have it done in such a way that was you know obviously it sounds like you know you've been drugged with something or you've been Mm -hmm. you know there's there's been something in there Mm -hmm. um so to and again it's that like I should have seen this Mm -hmm. why did I let this go why is it so so guilt and shame are two things you know guilt is I am a bad person guilt is I have done something bad shame is I am a bad person Mm -hmm. so I have done something bad I allowed this to happen to me Therefore, I am a bad person. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's interesting, you know, we're talking about trauma perpetuating in silence. Who did you tell after that? Who did did you yeah, no, like for it to be for no, it to stay there? Yeah. And 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 when you look at that, it's like, well, where did that come from as well? Mm-hmm. Like, where did it come from that and what was the belief surrounding that? Why didn't you go the next game day to the police? And because this is what we get asked as women all the time. Like, well, that happened five years ago. Why are you just coming forward now? Yeah. So, you know, like I could speak from my perspective, but from your perspective, what was, why didn't you tell anyone? Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, there's also, you know, when sort of part of my healing is also this like realization of why, why you ask yourself that question? Yeah, why did totally. I? Like, you know, because almost at the time, I didn't even consider it as an option. Yeah. It wasn't even on the cards. It wasn't, you know, you mentioned there that there was there was potentially like some drugs involved there, you know, that if my drink was spiked, didn't even know that was a crime. And on its own, without the, you know, what happened afterwards, yeah. it in itself was a crime. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. So why would I go to the police to report that? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then, yeah, there's just like the embarrassment who, you know, what am I going to have to say? You know, mm-hmm. I don't really actually remember all of it. So, you know, are they going to think that I'm lying because I don't remember it in a specific order that I could almost 
construct a story around mm-hmm. it, you know. And, and I think because we're always comparing and contrasting what's happening now mm-hmm. to what's happened previously, if we have an event, even if it's just that we've had an argument with our brother when we're a child mm-hmm. or our sister or our friend, and a parents came along or an adults came along and said, no, this is, no, I'm not listening to you. You're lying. You did do this or that's mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. And it's that comparing and contrasting, but nobody will believe me. And, you know, what if they think it's my fault? I'm better just to say, I'm better just to say nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, like, again, in, in relation to these types of conversations, we need to be speaking about this and, and yeah. understanding, you know, the amount of work that I do with people and I'll always say, and who did you tell? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, nobody. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's mm-hmm. that fear of, but that doesn't come from nowhere. That mm-hmm. comes from a previous event and it could have been something so small, yes. like something that's happened at school. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I never took his pencil, I promise, <laughs> I never. Well, somebody took it and it looks like it was you and he said it was, so that's just the end of it. Yeah. Just, yeah. So it's kind of like, but in your head yeah. you're like, but I never took the pencil. Um. So when we have things like this, mm-hmm. um, and I, and you know, and there's this this happens all too often, mm-hmm. and, and it happens especially when we maybe have a belief around, I just want to be connected to people. And you talk, you talked about fitting in, yeah. and like, and fitting in is very different to belonging. Mm-hmm. Fitting in is mm-hmm. kind of going, well, I'll try and be the same as you. Yes. <clears throat> Do you know, belonging is like, I don't want to be like you because I'm happy being me, yeah. and when we're searching for that. And especially when it's in relationships and especially, you know, like when it's someone that we um, have found ourselves in a situation with, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we kind of go, well, I've kind of, I've got this far into it, I can't really say no now Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. I can't or, um, but to have been, to have had another substance on top of that, that you, your whole system's kind of not aware of and and you're in that situation Mm -hmm. and and I'm wondering, like, when you were, so, so after that happened and you, you know, you were in this taxi and you're on your way home, what happened the next day? Did you speak to your friend? Did it, like, how did the story unfold from there? No, you know, I didn't. I didn't talk. I didn't talk to anyone. My, I don't, and again, I don't know what was going on with my friend after that within school. Like, I ended up um, sort of being not watched but like you know I think people knew there was something going on and yeah. um, but I really don't remember you know a lot of that time period after yeah. um in terms of how I was um except for the moments where I was alone you know mm-hmm. I don't I don't really remember what I was maybe like within the school environment or whatever mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time I loved art that's why I ended up yeah. getting into art, art therapy you know art was like my sanctuary so knowing what you know now about trauma yeah what do you think happened to you in that period of time where do you think you, what, what was going on for your body and your mind your whole nervous system what was happening yeah well now I know it was, it was a complete dissociation and mm-hmm. um, you know what I was experiencing like I was really outside of my own experience because that felt safer mm-hmm. because I couldn't make sense of yeah. what happened um it's almost like know. it's dangerous in here mm. this this betrayed me you yeah know, that, that real yeah de- definitely um and I know there was a lot of anger there there was a lot of anger mm. there um but I didn't know how to express that either mm. you know and again talking about your past experiences um you know I was never really taught how to express anger and I think you know in terms of women in in Northern Ireland you know it's like 
you know we just look after look after the men and and you go deal with your emotions somewhere else and um and, and, a, and you know and a lot of that is from our parents pain because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. their parents like when we see and I know as a mum you know I remember when my kids were growing up still me and my youngest is 10 when I see pain in him it's almost like oh stop that I, I don't I don't want to see that I don't I don't want to even consider that you are in pain mm. because it's such an awful place to be and I want to protect you from that so come on over here shiny thing shiny thing yeah. do you know rather than saying yeah. I see your pain and I can see how difficult this must be for you mm-hmm. and again going back to dialogue and you know these are the kind of conversations we should be having with, yeah. with our young people yeah. and especially our young girls to let them know that you know no you can you can say you can say no and that mm-hmm. vulnerability like for so for you vulnerability you were thrust into vulnerability mm. and for some people that allows them to then have a fear of vulnerability so they never show vulnerability mm. and they become really restricted and tight and there's no freedom in that mm. when I think once we realize and once we step into vulnerability as you're doing now this is really brave for you to do this once we embrace vulnerability mm. and we kind of voluntarily go in, there's a difference between voluntary vulnerability and involuntary vulnerability. Yeah. And it's the power that's in that. When yeah. we can voluntarily make ourselves vulnerable and have conversations around sex and have conversations around finance and around mental health and mm-hmm. all these things, mm-hmm. then that empowers us from the inside to be able to understand our no. Yes. And until we understand our no, then we never really know what our yes is. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't have that, you know, we kind of lost our will. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, you know, especially for, for we boys, it's important that we boys learn the word mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. Because a wee boy who doesn't know the word no becomes an adult who doesn't know, know who doesn't understand the word no, and an adult who doesn't understand the word no, and then decides to bypass it mm-hmm. by doing something like mm-hmm. what happened to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just think, what made him think that that was okay? Yeah, and what where where was his loss of control, mm-hmm. his loss of his ability to um, to look at that and kind of go, this is this is the right thing to do. Yeah. This is how I'll get. Yeah. And then even the dialogue that he used after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I always remember my telling my dad about something that happened to me a long time ago. And my dad turned around and he listened to everything that I had to say. And he said, you know, who would you rather be? And I was like, sorry. He said, in that story, who would you rather be? Mm. And even as much as the story was hard and it was like, I thought, I wouldn't want to be that other person. Yeah. Do you know, and yeah. it's about owning that, and that's like you know, you own it and you carry mm. this story mm. beautifully. And it is, it's 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 your story, it's part of your makeup, it's part of who you are. And ultimately, it has then guided you into an unconscious level to go into working with people mm. who have been through similar experiences to you, who are presenting in such a similar way, to the point that in the middle of a session, sometime that part that disassociated stepped back out and was like, Oh. Yes. Do you remember this? And you're like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> what has gone on? Yeah. So I'm wondering if you could talk a bit more about that. What was what was your um decision making process around going into that specific because you know, mm. art art uh, psychotherapy, you could have went into so many areas. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting yeah, that you chose yeah. that area. Yeah, and do you know do you know what's interesting? Because um I think no, a big part of my journey has been about connecting to like that gut, like mm-hmm. like you said, that kind of little voice. Um, but also like following the breadcrumbs, mm-hmm. you know, like and 
and sort of and and what I said to you as well with this episode was you know the word that came to me before this was trust mm-hmm. you know like trust that what you're the steps that you're taking in your journey are what is meant for you you know um and so yeah the the organization that I worked for had just come in and done a talk um for for the university and I thought yeah like I I could I could do that you know um that feels like the right step for me so it was almost it all kind of just happened you know that I they, they came into the talk I did the interview um I'd actually done my dissertation at the time was work was um um mass trauma and the impact of mass trauma working with children um, and I was really interested like it just it just yeah. this is whole like you know trauma like it's just so interesting the impact that it can have on people the impact that it can have on um like groups of people and you know and I it just sort of it was just this fascination really yeah. and 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 so I was kind of I guess like you say maybe unconsciously following that because I don't think I was as aware maybe of that kind of stuff as I yeah. am now and you know Alma's age Alma's talks about you know, there's a part of you that loves you more than anything else and it just mm. wants you to wake up. Mm. And that part will guide you through mm. these things. Mm-hmm. And all your problems, all your, you know, your your difficult situations in life, your thing, you can look at them from the perspective of problems and issues that you need to get rid of as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at them from the perspective of it's the guide in you. It's mm. the guide in you that's teaching you, the guide in you that's taking you to your core, to the to the to the wound, which is what trauma means in Greek. Yes. It's 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 guiding you right to so even although you know a subconscious process the universe fate like whatever it is you want to call it there was something that was kind of going this way mm-hmm. come this way mm-hmm. because this mm-hmm. is going to take you to the core of the wound yeah. and for so many people they get taken to the core of the wound and then they back off and they're like mm-hmm. this is because of you or this is because of this and it's that whole responsibility thing mm-hmm. I think when we have when we have an, a, an experience where we become unable to respond the the whole in that moment we take responsibility mm-hmm. because and and then from there on that we be, you know we become less response able we become more reactive mm-hmm. um so you know that guiding you that part of you that just loves you more than anything else was like this is going to take you to the wound yeah let's go there and you're like yeah. well this is lovely this is, this is a great <laughs> opportunity for me until banning you were in that room that day and yeah. that part of you was going this is where you're meant to be yeah. and sometimes almost like these tiny wee meerkats that we have inside of us and you know like I, as you know I've done work with Gabo Matty and mm-hmm. he talks about you know the trigger and he talks about you know if you look at a gun and the trigger is on the outside of the gun mm-hmm. and it's the tiniest wee thing and if you squeeze that trigger really slowly or you push it really tight or whatever you do with it there's no bullets in that gun mm-hmm. it's ineffective mm-hmm. the trigger it's on the outside doesn't really do anything if you pull that trigger a tiny wee bit and it's filled with bullets, then there's going to be an explosion. Yeah. And we carry all of that stuff inside of us. And mm. it just takes that one wee thing. And for you, it was to be in that room, having that conversation, and that part just step out and go, Yeah, this is what you need to deal with. Yeah. This is where you need yeah. to be. But you know, you spend that period of time going, Oh my goodness, what is wrong with me? Uh, like I can't even get out of bed. I'm going. But then there was that party that was like, you just need to take small steps. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. to, the brain likes to complete things. The brain likes to make yeah. sense of, yeah. and you know, your brain was going, you've no made sense of this. You've no made sense of this. 
And so I'm wondering, what sense do you make of it now? What was the, you know, I talk about everything being a bit of learning. You know, mm. it's like there's a lesson and we either take a learning or we take it as, you know, a burden. Yes. And then we have to carry and kind yeah. of go, have you seen what I have to carry? So tell me, what what was your yeah. learning from this? What have you taken yeah. from it? Um, yeah, oh, there's so much from what you just said. Um, but I think... The, the big learning for me was, well, well, at that point was, you know, that decision, take back to that decision that was happening, you know, do I stay here, keep going, trying to do your job, or do I go home? And I really didn't want to, you know, mm-hmm. but when I <clears throat> arrived, when I got home, I knew it was the best thing that I could have done. Yeah. Because I had to face, like, the demons as such, yeah. you know, um, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I sort of analogy that comes to my mind when I talk to clients and stuff about this is is um you know when you do shadow puppets on on the yeah. wall and um, that you know you think that like facing this is going to be like the big shadow on the wall but actually when you when you do face it and you do have that courage just to be like no I am going to be here like you say face this wound and 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 really start the healing on it and not avoid it and not run away from it because that's really what I was doing you know as mm-hmm. soon as I hit 18 and um, I went traveling for two years um, and I was like I'm, I'm getting out of here I'm getting out of here and then I got that um so I studied film initially um and and did a degree in in Wales and so I was kind of home in the UK but I wasn't you know yeah. I wasn't close enough you know I wasn't that's actually home home you're feeling the heat but you yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, so I think for me, it was was going was going was coming back yeah. and and actually dealing with it here. I think yeah. that's what I really needed to do. Um, it's really interesting to talk about responsibility because then I um ended up finding a coach that I was working with, and again not thinking that you know this was going to come up because you know I, um. I was again just attracted to her and and her energy and what you know she was talking about yeah. you know and, and and really stepping into your power and um and of course you know it came up and you know I was I worked with it with her as well she talked about responsibility you know when are you going to take responsibility for yeah. this and take responsibility for your story and yeah. um, and by that, you know, like when we talk about this, you know, especially people who've been through rape, mm. who've maybe been through, you know, witnessing some horrific things and people go, I am not responsible for this. Mm. <clears throat> but you never took responsibility for what he'd done. No. You no. took responsibility for what you took away from that. Yes. And when we stop and kind of go, hang on, it's like someone coming along and saying, here, can you carry that medicine ball for me? Mm-hmm. And you go, um, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go, oh, well, I'll just carry this around for the rest of my life get tired yeah. that medicine ball will start to weigh a ton you become fatigued you know what and all you really have to do is go actually this is not mine can yeah can I just put this somewhere can I drop yeah. it can I give it back to you yeah. and that process of actually understanding that the responsibility lies in understanding that the pain the guilt the fear the whatever it is that that person placed on you in that mm. moment doesn't belong to you and yeah. it never did so it's having the responsibility to say thanks but no thanks yeah <laughs> yeah totally um and uh and a, and a, yeah and a part of the process with that as well was was forgiveness and yeah. forgiving myself absolutely and, that, and yeah. that's one of my questions I'm going to yeah. say 
have you forgiven yourself for not listening to your gut mm-hmm. back when before you even before you were even in that bar yeah. was the point of I don't want to go with my friend and I really want, don't want to go and do this but, but I'll do it to fit in and that's you know like we have two needs as a child we have a need to be authentic and true mm-hmm. we have the need to be connected and when we give up our need to be authentic and true in favor of being connected which mm-hmm. which happens so frequently that's the biggest trauma mm-hmm. As, and, but when we give up that that connection to self and we let a layer of fitting in and then a layer of pain and a layer of shame a layer of guilt a layer of what happens is that beautiful authenticity that we have inside of ourselves mm-hmm. we gaslight it yeah. and then we gaslight it and then we gaslight it a bit more so we kind of then stop one day and go oh my god who am i yeah and what has been happening here yeah so now that you've now that the, like you've now you've had that experience that you've made sense of it that you know it stopped you in your tracks it's brought you back to Northern Ireland and tell me about what your business tell me about what it is that you're offering people now what do you do and you know how are you using the yeah. art and the, you, and your experience because I know that's a hugely powerful experience and mm. I'm sure in fact I'm positive any woman who's listening to this will be able to identify in some way where they've had their no just ignored yeah 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 um and I think, you know, I suppose looking back on my story and 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 almost looking at what felt like was missing for me, I feel like was the safe space. Yeah. You know, I um I didn't feel um well, I didn't feel I was safe, a safe space, mm-hmm. you know. Um I didn't feel you've been violated, you'd been yeah. violated in the worst possible way. Completely. And um and I didn't feel like there was a safe space in which I could talk about what had happened because, you know, school it was like seen as wrong, church it was seen as wrong. Um, you know, at home I didn't really have those open conversations about things either. Um and so for me with with my business, it was I want to create those safe spaces that people can come to and, and talk about what has happened and not be judged. Um, you know, like we've talked about how you know this um these feelings of shame and guilt perpetuate in, mm-hmm. in silence. Um and you know, to come to a space where they're not met with that, they're met with compassion and that they're met with understanding and you know, while my story might not be the same as other people's, mm-hmm. you know, there are those common threads. Unfortunately, we we all do feel um when we experience trauma and in whatever way, mm-hmm. like you say, that it takes you away from from self. And I'm still very much, you know, on that journey. And I think, you know, we always will be on that journey back That's to it. self, you know. Yeah. Um but what I'm finding now is that it's it's more it feels less scary and more exciting you know it feels um like I really like myself Mm -hmm. you know I didn't at the time you know I look back I really didn't like myself I wasn't very nice to myself I wasn't um you know yeah I didn't give myself that opportunity even to to be vulnerable and, and 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 ask for that support and that help um so so yes now you know it's really about creating those spaces mm-hmm. so through you know one one-to-one um trauma-informed therapy and coaching and group 
work as well so again you know having um other people who understand those experiences being there as part of that healing journey as well um and and knowing that connection is safe mm-hmm. you know again that's been part of my journey and it's really stepping into actually it is okay to be vulnerable with people and connect to those people and you know nobody's perfect you know yeah. people will well you know do you think that'll upset you and hurt you but actually you can get through that and survive that and 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 i think there's a huge lesson in there around to heal it you have to feel it Mm. and we spend a lot of time running away from avoiding you know like and as i was saying earlier you know but there's that part of us that's going to guide us back and guide us back Mm. and it's like you either sit now and feel it and take the lessons from it and really grow and allow yourself to free yourself from that mm-hmm. because a part of you in these experiences becomes frozen in time so there'll be a part there's a part of you that was frozen at the bar yeah. there's a part of you that was frozen in the flat there's a part of you that was frozen going upstairs there's a part of you that was frozen during the experience there's a part of you that was frozen in the taxi and given that freedom and given that loop of completion to each one of the parts of you allows all of that experience to culminate in one part Mm -hmm. and that one part's like well I've had that full completion now so I now have the skills the tools and now have the 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 compassion to move Mm -hmm. this forward and to bring other people into this space and they like you know safe spaces are are, they're they're very few and far between for people Mm -hmm. you know whether it's around sexuality whether it's around trauma whether it's around it's that belief of if I talk about this this will change how people see me and I want to be seen in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I know for my, for my journey, it was, it was kind of, I was kind of saying, you know, it doesn't matter how people see me. It's about how I see myself <clears throat> and being able to get these skeletons and bring them out the closet and polish them up and be like, I'm going to show people you, you know, rather than the skeleton going, oh, just a bag of bones and I'm back here and I, I just don't want to be here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just proudly display you alongside me um, yeah. because each one of my skeletons are going to speak to other people's skeletons. Mm-hmm. And if we can support people to bring these skeletons out and to kind of say these experiences happen and whether we like it or not, mm-hmm. like these things happen to women and mm-hmm. they have done mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. And we've made huge strides in terms of equality and diversity and, you know, the, the Me Too campaigns and all of the different things. Don't want to stop it from happening. Mm. We need to be creating spaces that, that not normalise the experiences because, like, we wouldn't want to normalise things like this. Yeah. But to say, do you know what? It's okay to talk about this because yeah. it's happened to a good percentage yeah. of women your age. Yeah. It's happened to a good percentage. You know, you look at, you know, you look at the, the corporate world and so many people who've been bullied, who've been sexually harassed, who who live in fear of talking about it because they'll not get that next promotion or they'll not Mm, get to go and do. mm. Or you have young women like yourself who, you know, for religious reasons, family reasons, sit in that silence of trauma. Nobody will believe me, nobody will be. You have, you know, even young children that this happens to. Mm. And they believe that, well, this is just just what happens and nobody really talks about it. And, And I think the more we can create these safe spaces and the more we can... And again, as I say, it sounds a terrible word to use in, in relation to this, normalise, mm. you know, so is that people can come, feel that they can come out and say things and people are going to go, not going to go, what, sh- you didn't yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Do you know that people are going to be like, really? Do you know I had an experience like that? Mm-hmm. And that person instantly has that validation of, oh my God, I'm no wrong. I'm no bad. I'm no some weirdo. Yeah. I'm no something like that. This doesn't mean that I am broken. And you spoke earlier about, you know, about, um, about forgiveness and 
a lot of people they find it hard to forgive because you know to 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 hold on to that denotes like you damaged me mm-hmm. you damaged me but the value and the belief underneath that is i am damaged goods yes. and when you're living with that belief of i am damaged goods it's really difficult to forgive anybody mm-hmm. and for, especially yourself because mm-hmm. it's like well i'm damaged now mm-hmm. but when we realize i'm not damaged i'm not broken mm-hmm. i don't need fix mm-hmm. i simply had an experience that in that moment i held my breath and i was like yeah. and i was trapped yeah. and i was frozen in time yeah so now that you've thawed these versions of you, these parts of you, yeah. and you've created these spaces and you're now doing this podcast and you're doing all these wonderful things, like what, what's what's Hannah of the future doing? Where are you where are you taking all this? What's your big dream, your big goal for it all? Uh, so many, so many. I think um so one of the, the big things that I want to do in Northern Ireland is to have um to have a trauma festival as such you know um and don't want to call it a conference because I don't want it to be about um feeling separate again you know feeling separate from that person that's on the stage talking Um, I want it to be about yeah coming together having again another safe space having those conversations and finding different ways to heal because I think you know part of what you're saying is you know bringing all these parts together is that a big part of the work that I do and have have kind of realized you know and I know you do it as well is that there is this whole connection between the mind and the body and it's about bringing that all together um and and yeah and thinking of it in that holistic way so part of this festival of bringing people together that Mm -hmm. have those different tools and finding um, and so survivors can come and they can find different ways that work for them yeah. because nobody, you know, experiences trauma in the same way and nobody heals from trauma in the same way. So, you know, it's really finding that bespoke way of, of healing. Um, but just ha- with having those conversations yeah. as well, because sometimes just being heard is sometimes the most powerful, you know, part of the healing is just you've heard me and you haven't run away and you haven't like you know yeah. criticized me or um you know asked those those questions that have made me feel small and you know the way that I that I had felt you yeah. know um and so yeah just just the sense of bringing people together really I think is in, in the healing <laughs> in the healing community we call it Mindy the mind and the body mm. so we talk about Mindy work um, which I think and, and in my head I'm like Mindy Soul Fest would just be mm. like you know it would be so good and you could have these you know these teepee tents where yeah. you know this is like you know with sexual trauma written on the topic and then the other one is like physical abuse and the other one is like adverse childhood experiences and just yeah. have all of these tents with these big hard-hitting yeah. you know labels above them yeah. and that's all there is labels yeah. it's like you know right your sexual trauma is welcome here your physical mm. trauma is welcome here. Your, you know, adverse childhood experience is welcome here. Your yeah. living living with a parent with addiction is welcome here. Mm-hmm. You know, just like having it in a way that's just yeah, that things are there. That it's yeah. like because I think you know these are these are big harsh words. Mm. It's just a collection of letters that you know that that yeah. we play in our own head. Um, but once we get them out of our head and get them down, mm. get them out of our mouth, mm-hmm. and then they're out. And it's that relief of, as you say, you know, 
but to be sitting you know to kind of see sexual trauma and kind of have a look in the tent and be like there's 40 people in here yeah you know? they don't look like me and and <laughs> or they exactly. don't look like me like, and none of them look like me mm. they've all been through the same thing mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. similar mm-hmm. but again it comes back to that trauma not being the event that's what we make yeah. it mean on the inside yeah and for some people who can go through exactly the same thing they can make it mean a religious thing mm-hmm. they can make it mean a deeply personal thing this mm-hmm. is because I am mm-hmm. rather than I have broken the laws of mm-hmm. um so it, it just be it just be amazing yeah yeah definitely and I think yeah I suppose again it's this, the stories that we tell ourselves isn't it about these things and it's mm-hmm. just about it's about taking that power back and, and I think changing not only how you tell the story to yourself because I think the way that I told the story to myself at the start was like that it was all me mm-hmm. it's all my fault and then it became you know nobody's gonna listen and then it became um you know yeah I'm broken where it became you know and then it started to become a bit softer mm-hmm. and it's kind of then changed the way that I tell the story the way I relate to the story mm-hmm. um and it's it's kind of gone full circle, you know, it's that dissociation and then it's come back to that connection with me sitting here talking to you about it. And it's the feeling love. connected to you. And, and it's feeling. the love of the story. It's mm. like this was my journey. Mm-hmm. This is this is what life showed me, but this is what I've taken from it. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people get stuck in the story. You know, a lot of the work that I would do is like if you don't want to talk about the story, you don't have to, because it's mm-hmm. no story that's important. Yeah. It's what you've made it mean and how yeah. you encoded it. Yeah. Because some people would come and say, you know, I have a feeling that this might have happened. Mm-hmm. Like, and as you say, people kind of say, I feel like I'm telling somebody else's story. And even when I first started telling my story, and you know, when I first, you know, yeah. I did all these things, I was kind of going, did all of that actually happen? Did, yeah. I make, did I make that up? And then it's like, of course I never. But again, mm-hmm. it's that belief of that could possibly have happened. Yeah. Because it's so out with what we call normal human experience mm-hmm. that's what trauma is mm-hmm. Do you know it's it's mm-hmm. an it's an event that's out with normal human experience that we give meaning to and on the landscape of the brain we either feel vulnerable or resilient if we feel resilient mm-hmm. it becomes an experience that we then use creative thought process mm-hmm. we use you know solution focused thinking we do all these things and we and we complete the circle yeah. if we feel vulnerable right away we feel trapped mm-hmm. we're frozen in time there's yeah. a trauma encoding. Yeah. It can happen when you're tiny wee, two, three years old. Mm-hmm. It can happen when you're 14, 15. It can happen when you're 25, 40. Mm-hmm. There's always an opportunity for your brain to, to kind of go, this is a threat, and I'm going to remind you every single day when there's anything yes. that's in the environment that's in the environment now, yeah. and I'm going to bring it up for you because we need to resolve this. So how does it feel now, feeling that, you know, that you've resolved the initial event and you're now using this for the power of good. You're now using this, you're using this mm. for other people because there's a real empowering in that as well. There's a yeah. real set yeah. free in that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, like last year was probably the first time that I really, well, it was the first time we came out publicly to talk about it. And again, it was that, just that fire, that pull. Like I just knew that I had to speak out about um, my experience because it was, it was a lot of reports of drink spiking um at the time and and I just didn't even think about it it was just like I just um you know called those politicians on the news and I called her and I talked to her and she said you need to you need to tell your story because it really highlights the importance of um you know 
talking about these things. You reached out to these people? Yeah. That yeah. party and yeah. it loves you more yeah. than anything else. Just yeah. went, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And that's and you know, and that was it was that was stronger than the fear then yeah. at that point. You know, that I'd I'd done enough healing to to listen to that part and trust yeah. that part and say, Do you know what, this is gonna be okay. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, but I trust that, you know, this is this is what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um and and again, I went on like national TV in, in Dublin and spoke about my story. And I was so terrified because I had been a camera assistant before. You know, I was used to being behind the camera, not in front of the camera. Um, but I just knew that people needed to, to hear what yeah. I had to say. And, and, and they did. And people messaged me afterwards and said, you've given me hope now that, that I can get through what I've experienced because I can see that you've done it. Um, you know, I've, I've gone out for a walk tonight and I felt connected to myself because I've heard your story and I know that I can have this connection again, mm-hmm. you know, and like even saying it, I'm getting, you know, goosebumps I'm goosebumps. it's such a gift. And yeah, of course, for, you know, for obviously like when, when, when you had that experience, like, as you've already said, you know, that in the, in the taxi on the way home, that outer body, almost like mm-hmm. this association that this is my fault. I should have done like, like really at the time, having all of that is, is just part of the gift it's mm. part of the um you know we all have burdens we all we, and we have stuff that we have to carry mm. but it's 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 how you carry it you know do you mm. carry it on your back like a mm. cross to bear mm. um do you carry it in a lovely gucci handbag <laughs> do you carry it as a, an over the shoulder thing do you carry yeah. it or do you simply just have it in a trolley and just mm. gently pull it behind you every day where there's no weight in it there's nothing but it's kind of like it's my stuff yeah. don't go anywhere near it yeah it belongs to me and i love it all and 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 that I think is is what healing is yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think you know when I, when you were talking about that, like how do you carry it? I think now I like carry it with other people as well. Mm-hmm. You know, is that um, like for a long time I wasn't able to be in a romantic relationship. Yeah. And now I am, and now I am with all the stuff that comes with that. You know mm-hmm. the. The, like disagreements and like the, the meerkats and over the, here yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's but it's it's kind of like knowing that it's okay to have those things because it doesn't mean anything about me it's not it's not me that's the bad part or the bad thing it's mm-hmm. that it's okay to have these experiences mm-hmm. and that I'm okay in myself like mm-hmm. you're saying you know and um, so yeah so it, I think just to pass that on to other people, to give people, I suppose, that gift that mm. they have, everything yeah. in them that they need. Mm. You know, it's not, I I can't, you know, you're not doing it for people. You can't, you don't have anything special as a therapist mm. or a coach or a mentor, whatever capacity you're in, you know, working with people. But um, it, it's just shining the light on on what they have inside mm. them to, to and to these safe there. spaces you know the gift in that safe space is the present mm-hmm. mm. it's just it's yeah. that presence it's being there and that's the gift the gift is and I love that saying you know the gift is the present it's the mm. present moment mm-hmm. yeah definitely feels like a nice place to to, to finish yeah. with like yeah, just thinking about that. I really think we enjoyed can... this conversation. I think there'll be so many pointers that people mm. will take from it and so much, you know, 
I think people talk about hope. Mm. And hope's a very future-based thing. You know, I hope this happens and I hope we get mm. there and I hope this. What you've talked about today is is possibility, is mm-hmm. that it's possible. Yes. And possibility, and you mentioned breadcrumbs, possibility is the breadcrumbs of hope. Just mm-hmm. like joy is the breadcrumbs of happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, happiness is, I just want to be happy. I want to be here. It's like, you need to find joy in every moment. Yeah. And you can't find that while you're constantly replaying things. It's just my yeah. fault. I should have done this. I should have done that. Mm-hmm. Rather than sitting with it, offering yourself a safe space. Yeah. And just allowing it to just allowing it to be. So yeah. I wish you every continued success on offering your gift of the present moment in your safe spaces. And thank you so much for asking me to come along. Thank you so much for yeah being just such a big part of this conversation and me getting this message out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think it would have been the same without you. So thank you. Oh, thank you. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode helpful, then please help us spread the word by leaving us a favourable review and remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch about any of the topics we have discussed, have ideas for topics or guests for future episodes, or would like to know how I can support you further in your healing journey, then please email me on gbtpodcast at hankim.com. Have a great day and remember, there is growth beyond trauma for you.